This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we talk with Carolyn Court. The former Bates women's cross country and track and field coach was inducted into the Auburn-Lewiston Sports Hall of Fame on Sunday. Plus a chat with our Bobcats of the week and a preview of the NESCAC baseball tournament. With the Bobcats breakout star on offense, junior Justin White. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Carolyn Court served as the head coach of Bates Women's Track and Field and Cross Country through the first 25 years of its existence touching the lives of thousands of Bates student-athletes along the way. And on Sunday, Court was inducted into the Auburn-Lewiston Sports Hall of Fame. Then she chatted with the Bobcast. The ceremony was great. I was introduced by Peter Slavinsky, the Bowdoin coach, who's also in the Auburn-Lewiston Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, he was put in years ago, and so that was a nice connection. His dad is also in there. Yeah, well, obviously, I've coached here for years as well. When you found out you were going to be inducted, what was your reaction? I, I was pleased. I knew I had heard my name had been kicked around for years, and uh, I didn't know what it would take to actually, you know, to actually seal the deal and, and get uh, inducted. But definitely uh, the committee thought that it was time, and I had done quite enough things on my resume to, to get it accomplished. Excellent. Now, I know you went to school in Connecticut and then were a grad assistant right at Penn State. Had you ever been to Maine, though, before you got the job at Bates? I had never been to Maine before <laughs> I had the job at Bates. I had, um, I was a grad assistant at Penn State. The Penn State coach was doing a clinic here in Maine, and uh, someone from Bates was at that clinic and happened to mention, gee, we're looking you know, for someone to uh, take over, you know, to start the varsity programs. And they actually wrote a letter to me at that point. Excellent. And so what was your first reaction when you, you know, arrived at the campus? Do you remember your first impression or anything? I do. I was picked up by Bob Hatch uh, uh-huh. downtown at the bus station and made our way through town. There was a lot of construction going on. I remember that. My first night I spent in uh, Parker Hall. They had a guest uh, suite there, and I stayed there. And everyone was very, very nice and showed me around and, and just put out the red carpet for me. Excellent. What was the process like kind of starting these programs, some of them at least from scratch almost? Uh, well, it was new new to me too. I mean, I had Walt Savinsky, who was a, a good mentor, and, and he certainly um, didn't want things to change too much, so there wasn't a lot of room for flexibility. But I, I definitely, um, the previous coaches, the track coaches, had recruited a pretty good class, and there were a number of women who had petitioned to get the, the, the varsity program going. So there were club cross-country runners, so there was still a definitely a solid core of athletes at that point. And then what was the, I mean, because you grew the program obviously up, um, you know, in the mid-2000s and everything. What, was there a moment in time where you're like, wow, this is really starting to become, because you, you started to produce a lot of All-Americans, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one step after another. You're yeah. trying for a state championship. You're trying to be state champion. Then there's New England Division Three, and then you're going, whoa, you know, nationals. And they didn't have an indoor national championship to 1985, and Bates hosted the first one of those. Yeah. 
Yeah, that first indoor championship. Do you remember that experience? Oh, like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? Well, it, it was it was a lot of work because it's yeah. it's. I mean, you had transportation, you had catering, you had coaches, you know, banquets, and um, we were competing in two facilities. We were using the cage and and the field house, uh, the cage for throwing events. And people were coming from all over, and they definitely said that we, we set the bar high for future championships. Coaching, obviously, a passion of yours. You're still coaching as assistant here at Lewiston. When did you know you wanted to become a coach? When did that hit you, kind of? I never had a physical education class till I was in ninth grade because I was in parochial school. And um, my first gym class, I just knew this is what I wanted to do the rest of my life. There was no question, day one. And then as I started being involved in athletics I knew that I didn't really like teaching physical education that I really wanted to work with you know athletes that had a little more passion for what they were doing. So coaching college students versus now coaching high school students similarities differences? Uh, the differences is I'm coaching men too and mm -hmm. so there's a big difference there but I'd say the women are very similar um, you know but it's I think coaching at Bates um, the, the, the students they want to do it. They they don't have to do it. They're they're there. It's a passion. It's it's hard to balance academics and athletics. So um, the students on your team are pretty committed at the college level for sure. And then you mentioned obviously Walt Slavinsky was a coach when you arrived for the men, and then Al took over there in the mid '90s. What was that transition like in terms of your work, working relationship with the two different coaches? Um, well, I, I thought it was good. There was a little transition year between the two okay. coaches, um, but you know Al was was certainly not one to step on your toes. I mean, he certainly respected what you did and and just let you do your thing. Whereas I think Walt, you know, wanted things to be a certain way, and it was hard to be different with the two programs but there was definitely a lot more flexibility when you know when Al came in because he was real easy to work with. Obviously you still keep tabs on the program or anything I know you're at a lot of meets coordinating the officials and whatnot um, what's it like been watching the Bates program continue to grow uh, after your retirement? Uh, it's been good. I mean, even right after I retired, you know, I was back at practice and I, I knew I retired at, at the right time for me, for sure. I mean, I missed it, but it is an awful lot of work. And I, and I see those coaches working so hard and, and I'm saying, wow, they don't even start their day coaching till after four o'clock in the afternoon. And, and that's, you know, really different from what I'm, I'm doing now where I'm done at four and, um, but I mean, they work hard and, and certainly they've had tremendous successes and, um, and it's getting harder and harder all the time because there's more and more division three schools being added, uh, the level, you know, you put a standard and the kids are going to hit it. And so athletes that are, um, you know, like athletes for mine that were all Americans would now be just making this entry standard, you know. Gotcha. And then we have a first year, uh, Jenny Martin, who went to Lewiston. She said that you were really key in getting her into track, and now she's doing it at base. How proud does that make you to see that progression? It's great. I mean, uh, Jenny's definitely a standout for us at the high school. I mean, she was a captain many, many years and a definite team leader for both the men and the boys and girls here at the high school. Um, I, I'm happy to see her there. I'm happy to see her success, and uh, she's 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 going to be very successful because she just has that that personality that you know she sets her standards high, and she's going to going to uh, meet those standards. When did you kind of decide, maybe in your mind, if do you remember a point where like, okay, Lewiston, this Lewiston Auburn community, this is where I want to stay, kind of, because a lot of coaches, you know, they'll move around. 
Um, I know when I was coaching at Bates, uh, other colleges tried to, you know, entice me away, and I know I had an interview at Boston University and went there, but it was more chains on the doors, not feeling the athletes would be safe running through the city. Um, It was just hands down. I knew how fortunate I was to be in a community where I felt that the athletes leaving the building were going to be safe running the streets of the city. So that, that makes... Um, that made the decision much easier, for sure. Gives you one less thing to worry about. Right. right. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I guess if you had any other thoughts about your time at Bates and what, you know, really stood out to you, you know, over the course of your career? Um, well, certainly with, with Bates, it's just the, the whole community, the whole support that we had from food services, from the equipment managers, from the grounds crew, from you know, people that would help you in emergencies, some piece of metal broke and, and someone would weld it for you. And um, th- those are, are things that other coaches don't have the advantage, uh, don't have that kind of support. Being able to walk into a track meet that you're hosting and it's already set up as opposed to, oh, I'm here at 8 o'clock in the morning, I have to move the hurdles and do the pit. And along with the entries and, and all that, I think Bates has a, a phenomenal situation where, um, the coaches are actually allowed to coach during a, a, a meet. Excellent. Carolyn Court, newest member of the Auburn Lewis and Sports Hall of Fame. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Sticking with track and field, the men's track and field team finished second at the New England Division Three Outdoor Championships over the weekend. Senior Adedire Fakariti won the discus throw for the third straight year while finishing second in the shot put and third in the hammer. Meanwhile, sophomore Brendan Donahue finished second in the decathlon and Bates placed three runners in the top eight in the 10,000 meters. But our male Bobcat of the week is senior Ben Tonelli. The Seattle native won the 3,000 meter steeplechase with a season best time of 9 minutes 17.99 seconds, moving him into sixth place on Bates' all-time performance list. And for that, he is our male Bobcat of the Week. New England champion, the 3,000-meter steeplechase. For those who don't know what that is, break it down for us. What is it? Okay, so the 3K steeplechase is 3,000 uh, meters uh, over five barriers a lap, one of which is a water pit. Um, so it's a 12-foot, uh, basically, trench that's sloped. And so the farther you go, the less water you get on yourself. So, um, yeah, so overall it's 35 barriers and... Um, yeah, it's a pretty grueling race. It's most like kind of cross country. It's the cross country of track, I would say. Um, but yeah. Interesting. So the water pit, uh, is that the most fun, most difficult part of it for you? Uh, it's probably the most fun in practice and the least fun during the race. Okay. So it's, uh, it's, gets pretty brutal. Usually the way I try to break down the race is by how many water pits I have left because it's hard going in, it's hard jumping over and it's hard recovering because you you know, really launch yourself, and it's a little jarring, especially when you're tired. So this race obviously went well. You you won it. Uh, what was clicking so well out there? I think the big thing with the steeplechase is just being able to run over the barriers consistently with good form. As soon as you start, as soon as your form starts breaking down, you really start to feel it um, and get a lot of lactic acid uh, in your legs and start to slow down. So it's really about just staying calm and collected and going over the hurdles um, kind of consistently at a good at a good clip while still not building up that lactic acid by putting too much effort in. So when did you start running this event? When when was the first time you ever ran it? Yeah, so I started my freshman year. I'd never done it. We didn't have it in high school. Um, so I started with my freshman year, and it's kind of, it, there's a steep learning curve, definitely, because it's very different for us non-coordinated 
uh, distance runners to try to start doing something that's a little bit more coordination oriented. So um, usually the first couple of years are pretty rough and then you start to kind of hit your stride, no pun intended, and um, start doing a lot better kind of later on. How's the coaching here from Fresh or others helped you with this? Uh, the coaching here is really great. Uh, everyone has kind of different perspectives on kind of how you should uh, do the steeplechase. It's, you know, obviously it's most like hurdles in some ways, but it's also most like distance. So, you know, we have Coach Art who does the hurdles here and he um, helps a lot with the hurdle farm, but then also Coach Fresh was a steepler um, back in his days in college. So he has another perspective there. And then um, our newest coach, Coach Ellis, is um, just starting to learn the ropes of kind of what it takes to do steeple because he's more of a mid-D guy. But everyone has a unique perspective. And then, of course, um, we have kind of a community of steeplechasers um, that help each other out. So it's a lot It's a lot of, like, peer-to-peer um, kind of education, I guess, for, for the steeple, for sure. Excellent. What was your reaction when you crossed the finish line there uh, the other day? Uh, it was pretty exciting. I think I... I really wanted to win, and I wasn't really focused on the time. And when I came through in the last 50 meters, I realized I was running a lot faster than I thought I was. So when I finished, it was like a big, you know, I won the race, but it was also I ran uh, a lot faster than I thought I was going to. And all the guys were there. Um, a lot of the throwers were at the finish line. So being able to see them and have see their reaction um, was really exciting. So I was pretty pumped. So how does it break down when you race it? Everyone at once, or are there different heats? Yeah, so usually the steeplechase, everyone goes together because it's a, and especially at meets like this, it's a small enough field. Um, there's not a lot of people who do the event because it's kind of a weird one. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, this race, I think there was uh, maybe 18 people in it. Um, and yeah, everyone goes at once and it can get a little bit crowded over the hurdles for the first first couple laps. But after that, usually it, it starts to starts to break apart that's what i was thinking like when you land the water pit i mean a bunch of people at the same time right sometimes yeah it's, sometimes it can get some people have different reactions to flying in the air and they'll throw their arms out or something to hit you or something like that or or somebody else will land in front of you and you'll get a bunch of water in your face or something so usually it's pretty it can get pretty brutal I, there's a lot of uh more serious injuries coming from the steeplechase than you'd expect in track and field so um it makes it exciting but also it's, you got to be kind of cautious of you know you don't want to bang yourself up too bad it must be tricky to practice because it is such a convoluted type of setup isn't it yeah practicing and training for it is pretty weird you do have to balance like this you know we do a lot of distance oriented training we're training with the 5k 10k guys but um at the same time we have to you know do hurdle form stuff pretty regularly um, and then there's also just this added um pressure of having to do hurdles at the end of a race when you're really tired and your form starts to break down and it's kind of unlike anything that I've really ever experienced as a, as a track or cross-country athlete. We've got Open New England this weekend. Are we going to see you there? Uh, I'm probably going to skip this weekend and then go for the MIT last chance meet. Um, it's the steeple. It's pretty jarring. So the, the less you can, mm. like, if you can skip a, skip a week, it's it's nice to kind of rest your legs and um, and be be ready to put it all out there once you get going where are you in terms of like the national perspective right now i'm currently on 14th um so that's good and yeah. there's a lot of really good guys in the nascac so hopefully at mit i'll be able to race them i, I wasn't able to race them um, because of an academic uh conflict at the nascac championships so mm. i'll be able to see a lot of them again hopefully at mit and that'll really help me out yeah, how many runners get in 
To Nationals? Yeah. 20. Okay. And yeah. you're 14 right now? 14 okay, currently. So feeling pretty good? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> not great, but <laughs> not as like, yeah, I'm not as in there as I would like to be. But mm. um, yeah, it's certainly, it's, I mean, this is the highest I've ever been ranked in anything. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy in that, <laughs> in that regard, definitely. Yeah, because you've been a you know, standout cross-country runner here, and that background helps you in the steeplechase, you think? Yeah, I think cross-country is very similar to the steeple because you do get this, these points of a lot of lactic acid built up when you're, you know, going up hills in cross country or you're going over water pit and steeple and I think those skills definitely translate and a lot of the guys who are out there running the steeple are really guys who can um, put it out there in cross country. I saw some of your cross country teammates killed it in the 10k right? Yeah the 10k <laughs> boys did awesome yeah I think we have a really really solid distance team this year and I think especially those guys who are in the 10k just did incredible on there you know they're the guys that I'm training with so I mean the fact that we're we're all successful it speaks to you know our our uh, training as a team and just as a group and these are a lot of the guys that carried over from cross country and we have a great um great relationship with one another and it really helps to have them out there you know i'm doing a totally different event than them but they're you know they're as invested in my success as i'm invested in theirs and so um that's a really great atmosphere to be a part of all right ben tonelli male bobcat of the week thanks so much thank you Junior Captain Katie Hughes paced the women's track and field team at New England's by posting two career-best performances, taking fourth place in the shot put at 39 feet 9 inches and seventh place in the hammer throw at 151 feet 11 inches. And she is our female Bobcat of the Week. So this outdoor season, for the first time in the shot put, I have been rotating instead of gliding, and... um. Last weekend at Nezcacs, um, I wasn't throwing very well in the shot put, and on my last throw, Coach Fresh said, um, you know, you don't really have anything to lose, why don't you just take a glide? Um, and I did, and I threw better, um, I ended up having a better throw on the glide. So going, in, going into Division Three New Englands, um, we decided that I was going to glide and not rotate. And so I had a really good practice last week with the shot put, and... Um, I went into the meet. I wasn't supposed to place. Um, I wasn't supposed to score, and I just knew that I had nothing to lose, and I just went in and I threw it well. And I think having that success in the shot put set me up to like have success in the hammer too. It just made me feel a lot better going into it. For those who don't are not familiar, maybe with the mechanics of the shot put, glide versus rotation. Yeah. What are the similarities, differences? between that well the glide is linear and um just goes kind of through the center of the circle while rotation is um just that rotational uh, through the circle um and so they are very different but um i've been working on both this season so it's been really fun all right tell us a little bit about coach fresh because i know um, all the throwers love him uh break it down why how is he such a good coach in your opinion um coach fresh knows everything about the throws and if there's something he doesn't know he's going to learn it um he knows the sport and really importantly i find as a female athlete he knows his athletes um so he's not going to coach me the same way he's going to coach d ray for example um and i personally find that really important and he's just he's just a great coach with a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge that instant video feedback is pretty helpful too, right? <laughs> yeah, we film um, every throw yeah. every day and uh, oftentimes look at them right there at practice, but also uh, he uploads it onto the um, server and we have access to it when we're 
on the base Wi-Fi all the time. <laughs> so we, you often might find throwers uh, on their computer just watching and re-watching videos of themselves throwing. Excellent. Now, uh, we talked to you before the indoor season, I believe, and you had just arrived back on campus, I believe, from uh, starting abroad, right? <laughs> so now you've been a captain for the indoor season and the outdoor season as well. What's the experience been like? Um, it was a great season, and I've loved um, being able to step into that leadership role and be someone who my teammates can look up to, hopefully. You know, I, I try to work hard um, on the track and off the track and try to set uh, lead by example and set a good example for my teammates. And I, ho I think I've done that. <laughs> and then, um, you know, as a thrower, how much opportunity did you get to watch some of your other teammates compete there at New England or in general at, at meets? That's actually kind of tricky because where I throw um, – three throws, the shot put, the discus, and the hammer throw, um, I'm pretty much throwing all day, and on the, on many, for, uh, at many outdoor tracks, the throws are far away from the track, um, for example, uh, at MIT this past weekend, we have to walk, like, past the baseball field to get to the hammer circle, um, so I'm always, uh, I'm often away from the track and not always as able to keep up with what my teammates are doing on the track. But I try to make up for that by, you know, talking to people, asking them about their performances, even if I wasn't around to, to see them perform. You had some other fellow throwers you've been working with this year, being one of your experienced women's throwers on the team, right? Um, yeah, so we brought in um, two freshman throwers, Ellie Strauss and Genesis Paulino, and um, Ellie has been uh, strong for us in the javelin, and Genesis has um, thrown the shot put, the discus, and the hammer with me, and um, I have loved <laughs> having female teammates. I love the, the male throwers, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but having, um, having Genesis, especially Genesis, since we throw all three uh, together, having Genesis has been really wonderful, me, wonderful for me. Um, she pushes me in the circle, she pushes me in the weight room, um, and she's just a, a wonderful teammate and friend. What tidbits maybe have you shared with her about what it takes to succeed here at Bates? I think having someone who is uh, has experienced a couple of years of school um, just is helpful for if you have any questions about anything. Um, she is right now trying to figure out what she's going to like major in, and so she's asked me questions about the psychology department, and I've been able to give her answers about that. Um, but, yeah, I kind of just, you know, I'm here for her whenever she needs. Short term, you're taking a class. What is it? Um, I am taking Japanese tea bowl. I am um, using the pottery wheel and making tea bowls. So it's been a lot of fun. What kind of an art class, if you will? Or? Uh, yep, it's a studio art class. Okay. And I have never taken a studio art class at Bates. I've never taken an art class at Bates. Um, but short term is kind of the time to get outside of your comfort zone and explore something new and it's been really fun to put energy into something that's not super heavily academic and something that's other than my throwing so it's been really fun interesting so how many tea bowls are you making um <laughs> i think right now on the sh my shelf i have like 16 um <laughs> but i have to my final project is 15 tea bowls but i have to make a lot more so that i can you know turn in 
ones that are actually good, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, we talked off the air, but Open New England remains a possibility for you. So what are you doing this week to get ready for that in case you – we'll find out Wednesday, right? Yeah, so we'll find out Wednesday um, if I'm going to compete this weekend or or not. But uh, up until that point, you know, I'm just going to practice as if I am, as if I am competing. So we have our – um, practice schedule. Fresh emailed that out to all the throwers this morning, and um, I'm going to get a good, I think, a good shot put session in today. And um, uh, discus isn't off the table yet, so I'll throw shot put, discus, and hammer this week, just in preparation for the the possibility of competing this weekend. All right, Katie Hughes, female Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. The rowing teams turned in essentially a perfect performance at the New England Rowing Championships, with the women winning every race they entered to earn the overall points trophy, and the men winning the first and second varsity eight races. For the men, the National Invitational Rowing Championships this Friday loom large. Another NESCAC title would be nice, but if the first varsity eight wins its grand final, that would mean a bid to the famed IRA regatta in early June. Men's assistant coach Elizabeth Kenny is excited. They have showed a new level of commitment to this sport this year. Uh, Last year they had a tough finish in this past uh, regatta. They just missed IRAs and so that's our big goal this year and this senior class has really pushed and going into this weekend it's going to be fun for these guys. The softball team fell to number 25 nationally ranked Amherst in the NESCAC tournament last week. And the men's tennis team fell in the NESCAC championships and number one nationally ranked Middlebury to wrap up their seasons. However, softball finishes with a program record 20 wins. And the men's tennis team will find out Wednesday if Ben Rosen will once again be competing at the NCAA singles and maybe even doubles championships. This weekend, the Bates baseball team competes in the double elimination NESCAC tournament in Hartford, Connecticut, starting Friday night against Amherst. Junior Justin White entered the season with no career hits. He barely played to start the year, but all of a sudden, he has caught fire. In 17 games, White is hitting 381 with an on-base percentage of 490. Previewing the NESCAC championships for the Bates baseball team here on the Bobcats, Justin White, junior catcher and designated hitter for the Bobcats. And first of all, Justin, your story is interesting. You know, kind of like DiVincenzo, where your first year, maybe you weren't really necessarily on the team, but the last couple of years, you've gotten some more playing time. How has your development gone here as a player these last few seasons? I tried to keep my head up through it all. You know, it started uh, kind of shaky, but uh, a lot of support from the guys on the team. You know, great group of guys. Uh, a lot of support from them always just helped me get through it, and uh, it's just been awesome to learn a lot from them and grow and finally get my shot, and it's going pretty well right now. So, Yeah, I'm curious, when you came to Bates, I know Connor came to play football initially. What did you come just as a student and you tried out for the baseball team, or how'd that go? My story is a little... Uh, unique. Uh, I wanted to play hockey coming out of high school, and uh, I guess just I kind of fell in love with Bates, you know, and uh, just uh, I'm Chinese econ double major, uh, minor in music, so it's kind of hard to find a school that can give me all those, and uh, Bates was just the right fit, so I came and I just decided, you know, I'll try out, I'll try, try out for baseball, you know, see how it goes, you know. Baseball's always been a love of mine, and now looking back at it, it's been a long road, but it's seemed to work out pretty well up to this point. So hockey, have you got a chance to play any club hockey here? Or? Uh, I did. I did my first uh, two years uh, this past year. I didn't. I didn't really play. Focus more on baseball. Yeah. Glad I did. <laughs> right, because it's all come together for you this year. I mean, even the beginning of the season, you weren't really playing that much. When did it kind of turn for you? 
Uh, it turned for uh, for myself uh, during our New York trip during April break. Um, you know, I got a chance to to catch and it went pretty well. And then he plugged me back in there, and uh, I just kind of rolled with it. You know, took advantage of my opportunities. You know, with a lot of honestly a lot of support from older and younger guys on the team. You know, it's a great group of guys and. Honestly, I probably couldn't have done it done it without them because they were always pushing me, always telling me to keep my head up and whatnot. And so I guess that'd be the turning point uh, for myself personally, and honestly for ourselves as a team. Uh, over that New York trip, you know, our bats just started to to light up, and we haven't really looked back. So excited moving forward. I'm curious. Beginning of the year, did, did it even come to your mind you might be hitting like cleanup? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I I I try not to think about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I just like to to show up every day and put my work in and. You know, that's coach's decision at the end of the day, and uh, hopefully I can just continue to roll and do whatever I can to, to help us get some wins. I feel like, you know, in baseball, you, you got to get the at-bats, right? you got to get the reps in. And so absolutely. those games in a row in New York, I mean, you're playing every day. That really helps, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely helps. Uh, baseball is definitely a, a repetition sport, you know, and the more reps you get, the more comfortable you feel. Um, it's kind of hard to explain unless you play baseball, I guess, but um, – yeah, honestly, it's a repetition sport. So the more at bats you get, the more confidence you get, the more pitches you see. Uh, generally, the better it works out for you. So yeah, our whole team. I, I think honestly, playing those games back to back like that helped us as a whole. You know, and uh, we haven't looked back. So hopefully, we keep it rolling. Great. Uh, growing up, obviously, I'm sure you played baseball throughout your time in high school and everything. Were you a catcher mainly, or? Uh, no, actually. So I didn't. Uh, I didn't start catching. So I went to public school through through my junior year, mm-hmm. and then uh, repeated my junior year. Went to prep school um, for hockey and baseball. Um, and that when I got there, they were like, "We need a catcher," and I was like, "Okay, sure." So yeah, I, uh, I mostly played the corners, like first and third, uh, a little bit of right field up until up until my uh, my second junior year, I guess. So yeah, it's only been about five years now that I've really been catching. Interesting. So even though like someone like Jack Aaron is is younger than you technically, do you learn from watching him a little bit? Or oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All, all the guys, you know, all even like uh, Reed, Aiden, mm-hmm. uh, Leo. Uh, we brought in a new coach this year, Coach Sess. Uh, he's a catcher in college. You know, learn a lot from all those guys. I think we all give and take. You know, we're uh, nice little nice little crew of guys. You know, even with uh, I know myself and Leo aren't always catching and whatnot, but because uh, Leo plays outfield and sometimes I'll be playing first base and practice and whatnot. So, uh, but yeah, I think we all learn a lot from each other. And uh, I think that's honestly, uh, it was it was good for me to uh, not having a lot of experience catching, at least my first two years kind of taking it a little slower um, and just sitting back and kind of watching and learning. I think it uh, helped me a lot. Terrific. And then um, obviously the team was in the NESCAC tournament last year as well. Um, so that experience, um, what, what do you think the team learned from that experience going forward to this year now? Uh, I think we'll definitely, uh, at least for a lot of the younger guys, I know the seniors have been, this will be their third time there, I believe. Uh, so I know, obviously, experience helps, especially with postseason baseball. You know how to prepare your body, how to prepare yourself mentally, you know, stay healthy and all that. And uh, last year, you know, new coach, a lot of, a lot, it was a, a lot of young guys and stuff, and uh I think that experience helped us a lot moving forward this year. You know, I think we're all mentally prepared. We know what to expect. Uh, we know how to handle it and how to go about our business. And uh, I'm uh, really excited to, to see what the tournament has in store this year because I, I think we got a good shot. Yeah, and you touched on the fact that you were a practice player as a first year, and Devin Chinzo was also a practice player that same season, I believe, as a yeah. sophomore. And so what have, do you have a kinship there kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Devin and I have definitely uh, – gotten really close over uh my three years here you know uh, especially this especially this season 
uh, you know, we, uh, at least I like to think I've always been there for him too, but uh, I can't speak for him. I can only speak for myself. <laughs> uh, he's absolutely been there uh, for me through it all. You know, he's been one of my biggest supporters, uh, always there to just pick me up or encourage me or whatnot. You know, he's a great leader for our team, great leader for my, like he inspires me every day. You know, just watching his work ethic, my opinion by far the hardest worker on the team you know he uh he's always going he's always moving and uh yeah you learn a lot watching connor i'm curious for you personally i, I mean i know you're focused on the here and now big nescat tournament coming up do you think to yourself man next year I'm, I'm gonna get a full season of this i'm not really looking looking forward to next year you know <laughs> right. i'm uh i'm just uh trying to live in the moment you know yeah. take advantage of the uh the opportunity that i've been given and uh you know i think our team is really really focused on on this weekend and uh, we're all excited because uh, at least all, all of us think we could really, really do some damage. And Well, you got good memories of that field already, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. That was uh, probably not only for myself but for a lot of people, probably the, the three greatest games of baseball that a lot of us have ever been a part of. It was just so, so electric, so invigorating. It was an unbelievable experience. Yeah, referencing the three-game sweep that you guys had there at Trinity, and basically knocked Trinity out of the playoffs there, right? Yeah, that was that was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. We didn't technically technically knock him out. You know, we had to uh, take care of business right. with Tufts, which uh, you did. Uh, yeah, we did. You know, uh, we got one of three, which is all we needed. And uh, you know, I'm super proud of the team because I know in my previous two years we got swept by Tufts both times, I believe. So mm. that was the first time we had beaten Tufts, and uh, you know, Nolan just. Yeah. Pitched to pitched absolutely unbelievable, like great game. You know, he uh pitched his butt off, and we got some timely hits and squeeze play too. Uh, and it was just a great win. So, yeah, we we took care of business when we needed to. And why I like to see this week that Southern Main game here, you guys you guys lost the game, but but by one run, you guys competed pretty evenly with the number 18 team in the country, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I think right now we're on. I guess if you include Tufts, I think a, a four-game losing streak. But uh, all those games, minus the last game of Tufts, but uh, all of them have been like we have been competing in every game, and there's there's good and bad to take from every game. But even you talk about the USM game there at the end, yeah, we might not have won, but like just the way we fought and rallied, and like everyone just like kept their composure, kept the intensity up, and kept fighting. You know, like we might have lost, but that's a lot. In my personal opinion, that's a, a lot of momentum going into the tournament and. It's looking like that's going to be our, our last game now before the tournament. And, I mean, we might not have won, but, like, I think personally that's a, that's a pretty good way to go into the tournament with that kind of momentum and that, that mindset. All right, Justin White, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap the National Invitational Rowing Championships, the Open New England Track and Field Championships, and the NESCAC Baseball Championships. Championship season rolls on on the Bates. Bobcast. Bates, Bates,